0: Hello and welcome to Power of Women. In the UK, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. And it seems to come at a time that I'm also doing a theme on managing and navigating through trauma. Navigating through trauma can have an impact on one's mental health especially if you feel that you can't speak about your trauma because you may think that oh my trauma nobody really wants to know about that and you yourself are measuring your trauma against somebody else's and what I'm trying to do is change the narrative in the sense of speak your truth because as you've heard me say in the past and I'll say it again and again and again for me it has led to emotional freedom somebody doesn't want to listen to what you're going through, then they don't deserve your energy and just stop talking, back off and move on. You need to surround yourself with people who are like-minded, people that genuinely want to look out for you. And navigating through trauma has really shown me a few things. Number one, awareness is key. Self-awareness is key. Number two, it is necessary for us to go through trauma in order for us to know how we're going to deal with things. Um, this theme has also highlighted to me, and you will see this, so you'll hear this through the conversations I have with um, my guests on how far we have come as an individual. and the But the journey has not been an easy one it has been very rocky and it has taken years for some to get to where they are now but the point is thinking about your own well-being being self-aware to me means you're halfway there to emotional freedom you've made that step you've realized something isn't quite right, and I wanna do something about it. So I'm hoping that when you do listen to this podcast, that it gives you the energy to wanna talk, to wanna share, to maybe just do some research on what's out there, if anything. If the podcast triggers any emotions that you are not aware of again look after your well-being reach out to GPs and local networks for some support Welcome to Power of Women and Navigating Through Trauma Power of Women. Today I'm continuing the theme of navigating through trauma and I am blessed to have two amazing, bold, beautiful, brave women who are going to be experiencing their, um, uh, I should say, their story with you listeners to talk about what trauma means to them and how they've navigated through it. But like I've said in my past podcast, Please pay attention to your well-being because when you listen to this session, it may trigger an emotion that you may not have realized was there. So reach out to your GP, reach out to your local support network also. So I'm going to start by saying hello to Julie and Dana. Welcome to Power of Women. How are you guys this morning? Hi, um, I'm really good this morning. Thank you. Good, 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 good. Well, like I said, I am really, really blessed to have you guys. There is a a connection that we have, which we'll share later on in terms of how we all know each other. Um, But I'm just going to kick off by asking a question. Um, The topic is navigating through trauma, but I'm interested to know what does trauma, how do we define trauma? What does it mean to you as an individual? And any one of you, Dana
1: or Julie, can kick off and answer that. I mean, for me personally, I think trauma is about the situations that you go through mm, along mm. your life's journey, whatever mm-hmm. they may look like. Mm, um, mm. And then the, like the, the bits that you don't deal with when you're, going, when you're going through those situations. So you're sort of like, you're a bit like glue in the sense that you'll, you'll go through something. You'll deal with it as the best as you can, navigating mm-hmm. to move forward, but something will get left behind and then potentially you might go into another situation, might be slightly different, and but it could trigger something that you, an emotion, a thought, a process mm-hmm. about yourself that you didn't deal with. So mm-hmm. that's how, for me, that's how I view trauma.
0: Okay, thank you. And Dana, what about yourself? I believe trauma is any experience
2: that you go through that has created a change in you. No matter how small or little, I think it's really important to understand that everybody has their own level of what they can cope with mm. um, so yeah, yeah and then you know people experience things that other people be like that's not that deep but it's deep to them exactly. um, so that's really what I think any experience that you go through that has changed you that has made you question yourself that has made you uncomfortable um, within yourself that has made you have to start a process of healing
0: Mm -hmm. no I appreciate that and I think that for the listeners out there it will resonate with somebody out there that's sat there and pondered thinking oh I can't talk about this this isn't really trauma or there'll be somebody out there that'll be like I am going through trauma they may not have put that word trauma in the sentence it's just like I'm just having a bad day so I really appreciate the different definitions and how you guys see it differently, because it will help somebody out there realize that it's okay to talk about trauma and use the word trauma. So thank you. So in terms of um, experiences, if you'd like to share, how um, what what experience of trauma is it that you'd be free to you know free to share with the listeners that you are working on or going through or have been through? that you'd like to share so that just gives listeners a little insight into
1: your journey I mean for me um I mean I think there's so many things that I can think about like mm. I think what Dana was saying where there's had to be a change in a healing mm. I think most recently um obviously I found my lodger dead in her room Mm-hmm. so either like it's that sort of well that was it was last year but it's that sort mm-hmm. of trauma finding someone you've lived with for the last 10 years who mm-hmm. became like a family member mm-hmm. um and you know seeing the dead body and everything mm-hmm. like that and dealing with all of that and mm-hmm. like during a lockdown and her family can't come over and having to pack up her staff and all of that Mm. Um, decide what she's what you're going to dress her in for her coffin and you know Mm. all of those so that's so people I think mainstream people would consider that a major trauma Mm. but then I've had trauma at work where I've been um, a victim of like a smear campaign by another member of staff Mm. but it was done in a way where I actually felt I was crazy you know where they you know so but in those little things individually don't seem like anything but when you piece it together actually you know Mm. in the times where I would end up in tears because Mm. of the you know the the changes I was trying to make or the things I'm trying to implement and the pushback I'm getting from the staff Mm. you know it it is it's trauma and then really have to consider about my mindset and how I managed and dealt with that then mm. it is trauma and then obviously then you've got trauma from like relationships that I might have been in where you know they've broken down mm. or you know um, toxic behaviors in the relationships that I've I've put up with as well mm. um which I which I sh- which on reflection when you've gone through it and at the mm. other end that you know you shouldn't have
0: no mm. oh, I hear that I hear that, and I I really appreciate you sharing because it's just in that little, you know, description there. You know, you've gone through so many, and you know, it's knowing how to deal with that or what it actually means. What's what's going on? You know, you touched on something about you felt that you was going crazy. What 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 can you elaborate a little bit more on that?
1: I think it was just the fact that it's not just me. There was quite a few of us in the workplace that were a product Mm -hmm. of this person's. I don't know I don't know I don't understand the behaviors anyway mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. it would be you know little things that would happen um like emails mm-hmm. the way that they were written and you know when someone writes an email it's very difficult to understand the tone of it mm-hmm. but when you consistently get emails written in a certain way and it's like am I going crazy or is this really what mm-hmm. she's what she's saying in the emails is this is this mm-hmm. what the impression I'm getting or um Going to other managers, saying that I'm not doing stuff which I know I'm doing, mm. um, or oh, I am I'm working on, mm. um, telling everybody that the team I manage is really toxic and they're mm. having de- they're having a depression and a breakdown, mm. um, just little digs to other people about what I'm not doing or how I'm not mm. managing. Um, mm. Yeah it was just it's just lots of things like that Mm. and then you know because you and the fact is sometimes as well when you're going through trauma you don't speak to people about and that's I think that's Mm. one of the worst things when you hold it all in yeah because you don't want to think because then I think it just all becomes bigger and that's when it can manifest inside your body and come out in other ways which is really dangerous yeah so it could be that something else happens like mm. oh, you could go to the supermarket and they don't have the, the drink that you went, or someone takes the drink you were gonna drink from the fridge, and yes. then you switch and you've gone you've gone in on yes. like a drink, but it's nothing to do with the drink, absolutely, it's to do absolutely. with that. And I remember there was a situation I was meeting my friends and they were late, they were like 10 minutes late to meet me. Mm. Um, and I had a really bad day at work with this lady. Um I heard her speaking about me to somebody else on the phone but Mm-mm. I didn't challenge it and then I was holding that all day and my friends they were 10 minutes late to meet me and I was really I was really upset with them because I was sitting there in this restaurant waiting for them because they went to a bar before which I didn't go to mm. um and they came and they were late and they were like really sorry and I just started broke down and started crying and I was so upset with them I was so angry mm. with them um but it wasn't just because of that. It was because of everything else I was carrying. Yes. So they took the yes. brunt of it. And it's all yes. the, I feel like sometimes when you are carrying trauma, it's the people that are closest to you actually, who actually give you the love and you love the most that yes. will get like the, the worst, like, of everything from you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it was interesting because when I spoke in the last podcast, it was kind of like, um, you can, similar theme. You can tell your loved one, about themselves but then you can't tell the work colleague who's really pissing you off about themselves it takes a lot and it's like well why is that you know what I mean why do you want to upset somebody that you're living with and you love and dearly but yet the person that's causing you the actual trauma is getting away with it scot-free and it's as if we have to work even harder to deal with that shit as opposed to and I don't get that and I think the more that we talk about it, say no, and you've hit the nail on the head, talking about it as and when it happens, as opposed to carrying it for a few days or a few weeks. I wonder how am I going to do this? Because when the person was talking about and saying whatever, they didn't think about it for two or three days. They just said it. But yet we have to think a whole month of how we're going to tackle it. And that's what we have to change. So thank you very much, Julie, for sharing that. I really appreciate that. And my a lovely Dana. Well, you, you got... Just going
2: back on what Julie is saying, sometimes mm. I can really resonate with the trauma of ha- having really horrible experiences at work. Mm. And sometimes the trauma of being a black woman, mm. a confident, positive, outspoken black woman in the workplace where you are disrespected in such a subtle way that you do think there's something, what, what, is, what is wrong with me? And mm. that can be very traumatic where you're just going in, doing your job being happy, mm. going home. That's what I want to do. Go mm. to work too much of be happy, go home. And some people find that really offensive because they don't understand why you're happy.
0: Mm. Mm. And then yeah. they
2: put that out on you. And then you can't respond how you want to respond mm. because then you'll be seen as the, you know, angry, aggressive. <laughs> Back. Back yep.
1: um, yeah.
2: But then in you saying nothing, is allowing that person to continuously trauma, um, traumatise you. Yes, and create exactly. negative experiences for you. Um, exactly. And I've just I come to the conclusion that I'm very clear, and I I just stop. I don't say anything, but all communication just stops. Mm. I talk about work and work only, and then mm. that's where I start to create the boundaries of mm. no. You're overstepping your boundaries; means really disrespectful because mm. I know my mouth is really disgusting. Just I know so you don't want to bring that out in a professional environment. Yeah, Do you know
0: what I'm yeah. saying, but you so know,
2: that- you really resonated with that,
0: yeah. But the thing is being in that professional environment and being a black woman unable to really express because we'll be seen as that you know chip on the shoulder you know aggressive black woman that in itself is trauma the the, the label that we're given as being this strong black woman is trauma because we have our weaknesses and sometimes we've been i know i've been in situations whereby my counterparts my European counterparts have been quite discriminatory and then they end up being very sorry and then I'm actually asking are you okay but it's like well nobody's actually asking am I okay and so it's this that that's a trauma in itself because it's as if now, we're trying to be our authentic self but society is telling us that we're something else so we're continually battling so these discussions are important for us to break that cycle to change the narrative and to see each individual as that unique person as opposed to a strong black woman just see me as a strong woman yeah take the black out of it and just see me as a woman
2: see me as a woman I don't want to be strong all the time yeah thank you yeah dangerous absolutely
1: Absolutely. very dangerous narrative especially for black women very dangerous narrative I'm,
2: I'm I'm not strong all the time
1: Mm, mm. no no but we totally, have to put on totally
0: this, agree. This, this facade I mean I don't anymore I've had to learn to sort of like you know what I have to be me but I have been a victim of showing that I'm sort of like yeah I'm all together yeah I'm fine yeah 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 I'm good when in fact you're dying inside and it's like you you have to but you have to look out for yourself you have to be selfish and think no and be vulnerable put your vulnerabilities out there and whoever wants to talk about it in a negative
1: way that's on them that's their energy you know yeah I, uh, I definitely agree I think when I was going I mean I've, all that stuff at work has sort of come out now into the open good um, and I think my line manager had picked up on it but yeah. um, I think she used to say to me you know you're dealing with it um you know she was more pissed off about everything she's like you're dealing Mm. with it so well I said I'm not dealing with it well I just see that person's got trauma and this is how Mm. they're they're exhibiting it but Mm. then I think we had a discussion with some like a whistleblower who came forward and started speaking Mm. about everything all Mm. the things that I actually didn't know they were doing it's only that behind the scenes and Mm. when we had that meeting and it was the things that she'd been through with this same person as well because she didn't want to be part of all this stuff Mm. I just broke down I started crying it was just so much and that's I think the first time I've ever cried like that in front of my manager because it was like you know the proper the, the this nose is running and the tears <laughs> is all coming I out that was probably release of oh okay finally i'm being
2: believed i'm being listened yes. to and that's your body just you've had to hold on because if you broke down without that information you'll be seen as crazy
1: mm.
2: right mm. what's going on no no no, no. where now it's, you know you've you've this has been out in the open and you can finally go mm. you know you can exhale and that's where yeah. those tears from as a form of exhaling mm. um yeah yeah my um Linda when you first said you know we're going to do this I thought think about
0: you know my
2: experiences of trauma and I can tell you it's been multifaceted definitely um Mm -hmm. I think I've only now beginning to realize the trauma of being raised in a single parent household not having my dad there Mm -hmm. um and seeing families with two parents Mm -hmm. and Thinking, well, why? You know, I knew who my dad was, but he just Mm -hmm. wasn't around. Unfortunately, he was, and I addict, so he couldn't, you know, look Mm. after himself well. And that was very difficult as a young woman wanting to be protected as a young girl. You know, everyone's like, I'm gonna go and tell my daddy. I couldn't. Mm. I didn't have that. (laughs) <laughs> that's mm. what I'm saying I didn't have that experience you know mm. even with people whose parents weren't together but at least you could go to your dad's if you needed something and I think that definitely was impactful especially when I was going through my trauma of being molested um mm. between the ages of eight and ten um mm. thinking oh if my dad was you know mm. people that like, oh if someone was horrible to them I'm going to tell my dad and my dad will come and sort it out like mm. who could I tell <laughs> you know, my dad, I don't have a dad to come and sort that out. And um, mm. I think even though, you know, the molestation was horrible, mm. how my mother dealt with it mm. even multiplied that trauma because mm. she basically, they say when I went to counselling, the counsellor basically said it's a crime of passion. You know, whereas when I told her what happened, I basically got beat. And I very found it very hard to forgive her for that because I'm coming to you basically trying to save me and I felt like you've blamed me for what I've gone through I'm 10 <laughs> so I'm saying like I'm 10 like why am I getting beat for telling you that something that I should have told you and you know it was it was a multitude it, it was why didn't you tell me sooner it was all of those kind of things but in my head I'm like well why do you not think I told you. You know, look at what you're doing now. Do you know what I mean? Whereas mm. you know that they're gonna respond like that, so you don't say anything. But you have to say something because if you don't, it's gonna keep on going and it's gonna to get too far. Mm. So that was, you know, my um, experiences of one mm. and then living with that. Because then what happened was the person didn't go. They mm. were still there. They were still in because it was my mother's sister's partner. Um, he was still at Christmas dinners and birthdays and so then as a young child you sit around thinking hold on a minute (laughs) you know just Mm. so I don't
1: matter
2: you know like Mm. so this and then me knowing and you know I'm as I get older I fully understood that I was a very mature young child a lot of people would say that you know she's been here before and I probably have in some aspects because I just knew this isn't right like this here isn't right so even that trauma of you're living in two worlds where you know as a young person what these adults are doing who are meant to be protecting me is not right but you cannot vocalize that because then you're being disrespectful Mm
1: -hmm. you know Mm
2: -hmm. Um, and then traumatizing myself by putting myself in very negative relationships because you're not happy with yourself Mm
0: -hmm. you know
2: you're not you're not comfortable with yourself you're, you haven't healed from that past. So you there end up, because you're wounded, you end up continuing the cycle of being wounded. Um, so that was a lot of that I had to kind of unpack and realize that, you know, I'm now older. So I'm now responsible for my healing, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I've got to do that. And I can't lash out at people like, you know, what you're saying, Julie, wherever you lash out or you cry or because you, you haven't, you can't even ver- verbalize, Mm-hmm. how you're feeling I remember it was my birthday and we I had all my friends drown and they told me to cut the cake and I started crying don't ask all now and I like again big bogey tears and all my friends laughed to this day Where now I can say to them don't laugh because that was depression mm-hmm. manifesting itself in mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. I was a walking depressed person
1: mm-hmm. just, like, not Absolutely. even knowing
2: that it was depression because mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't explain how I was feeling so mm. just little things if if I was overwhelmed I would lash out or get really mm. angry or mm. you know really be really spiteful and that's all because i there's this big pain here that mm-hmm. I can't express I can't explain I can't start to heal um and then I think recently my experience of trauma was a um, miscarriage that was mm. me I've, I've never ever ever felt that level of something that is just so traumatic
0: mm-hmm. even to the
2: point where my period pains remind me of my miscarriage it is very wow. strange and I never used to they never used to hurt me as much in the past but now I'm thinking is it psychological am I am I psychologically connecting this pain to the pain of the miscarriage you know mm. or have my periods just become more painful <laughs> you know those mm. kind of things so yeah, a lot of trauma in my life. But what mm. I really am working on is using those difficult experiences to mm. propel me and, um, mm. you know, to grow me into a be- bigger and better person. Yeah. Um, I think that is the diamond. I'm just being pressurised <laughs> into yep. a diamond. Yeah, yep,
0: absolutely. I'm if, yeah. if you don't think that
2: there's purpose, there must be purpose in pain. I have to, there has to be purpose in pain. Or else I think you would either go mad or you would do something detrimental to yourself you know what what what, is just I'm just going to live through this pain and that's it I'm Mm. just going to be in pain forever whereas I I have to think I have to then use this pain as a way of growing as a Mm. way of helping others I'm very 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 clear in understanding people now wanting Mm. to why do they behave the way that they behave Mm. to understand me I like, mm. just understand why I'm behaving this way, because mm. then I can help me. Basically, it's a cry for help, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And,
0: yeah. And, and and you know what? You know, you both mentioned such powerful experiences, and what struck out to me uh, is the purpose and 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 pain and purpose. It's like learning from that to understand what is our purpose in life, and what we're going to be talking about in part two is is how you guys have actually navigated through that what things you have done and and also what made you start to say to yourself I need to do something about how I'm feeling I resonate with you Dana in terms and yourself Julie in terms of that crying that where your body is just a mess my husband was my comfort blanket for a very Mm. long time you know it was a case of being, um, that was my safe zone where I felt comfortable. Um, you know, I, I, I felt like being comforted by him. And then my mum would be sort of like the voice, the soft voice in there and in, in just telling me that I'll get through it. And without those two individual people I don't know where I would be now, but there came Mm. a point where even I had to say to myself, I mean, I was getting in contact with rape crisis centres and speaking to, you know, um, domestic violence and because they had a specific network that dealt with childhood trauma. And I'm like, what am I doing contacting these people? This, it just seemed like I was out of my body. It didn't seem me. So, Mm. but then I had to say to myself, hold on, I need to sort, I need to sort me out. How am I going to do that? And we've come at a really natural pause in our session to take a few minutes, come back. And if you guys would kindly um, express to our listeners how you navigated through that or are navigating through that and what you would like to leave our listeners with that would help somebody else out there. So we'll be back in a minute or two and continuing now. Hi and welcome back to Power of Women. This is part two. You have just heard part one, whereby Julie and Dana talked about their experience of trauma, what trauma means to them. And in summary, you know, it's just been such a powerful um, half hour, or so very impactful, talking about the different traumas they've experienced and and um, how it can make them feel. And one of the things we're going to be talking about now is yes we have we've experienced or going through trauma what is it or what was the catalyst that made makes us realize that we can't go on traveling on this road anymore we have to do something different and that time is different for different people so I'd like to put the question out to you Dane, I'll start with you first you know thank you again for exper- expressing your and sharing your experiences what was it? And you talk about, you know, we was just talking in the break about you need to be on your own journey. Everybody's energy is their energy, but you've got to look after yourself. And it's taken years of, you know, being on a journey of healing for a while. What was the catalyst for you when you realised, hmm, I need to do something?
2: Um,
0: one, in
2: Culturally as Caribbean people, going to counseling isn't something that we do, you don't go and chat your business to people, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right, mm-hmm. you're going to spend all that money and chat your business, but like I said before, i will just randomly be crying, mm-hmm. randomly driving, crying, and this is the point I thought, what is going on, but then I had an, a probably an out of body moment, again, like I said, I used to put myself into really bad relationships, um, and it was in that place, and I went to work and I wasn't happy, and I was constantly snapping at people that I didn't even realize I was snapping at people. At this time, I was a nursery manager. So I was like the boss coming in, just being horrible, really. And I just remember the deputy coming to speak to me, she's saying, The, the staff are saying that, you know, I don't think you should have this parents meeting today, you're very on edge. And I was like, What do you mean? I'm just dealing with the problems in the nursery and whatever. And I remember breaking down, crying, and I was on the floor in my office, barling. And I remember just looking at myself on the floor going, this can't continue. Like I, I just, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm. It was such an out of body moment where I was seeing myself going, this can't continue. And one of my staff members, who was also a friend at the time, came home with me. I drove home. I don't know how I got from my workplace to my house, called the GP, he diagnosed me obviously with depression, which what, what I knew it was. Now it was, I was depressed, diagnosed with depression, signed me off, I laid in my bed, I was off work for two months, I laid in my bed for two weeks, I didn't eat, I didn't wash, didn't comb my hair, didn't brush my teeth, I just cried for two weeks. Wow. And I just said, I can't live like this. I, I remember just saying, I cannot live like this. It, I said, this is, is this or death? And oh, I would have so been very happy, not existing anymore. If mm-hmm. I wouldn't have killed myself but if I happened to die I'd have been fine because mm-hmm. then the pain would have stopped mm-hmm. you know and I didn't speak about it before but part of dealing with my trauma I created a very poor, poor eating habit and I bloomed I put on a lot of weight in mm-hmm. a short space of time and when mm-hmm. I spoke to my counselor about why I had that such I was an emotional eater um and I just said that I would eat until I felt like I was going to vomit and then I would stop. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as that feeling would go, I would then eat again to the fact I was vomit. because that pain of feeling that, and I hate vomiting, ask my husband, mm-hmm. I hate it. But that pain of, I could focus on not being sick, but the pain that that was covering, I couldn't deal with that pain. Mm-hmm. So it was just, again, I, it happened when I was eight. talked, spent about when I was 10, I don't think I went to counseling until I was like 20 something. So I had years, whereas I, I can't remember aspects of school. But it's just blank. My yes. counsellor said that you, that's, that's how you deal with trauma. You, you basically blank it out. So I've got real ten, five, ten years in my life that I don't really remember much. Um, and I just started to look for different avenues. Started to look for counsellors, but I really wasn't sure what type of counselling to go and do. Um, I started a group. That was basically like a spiritual group. So it's basically like a well being group that really helped me. I started to read a book called Women Who Love Too Much. And it's basically about different women going through different aspects, um, going through different aspects of different types of trauma, whether it's from um, physical abuse, from partners, domestic violence, child molestation. And Mm -hmm. the child molestation one really resonated with me. And at the bottom of the book, there was a list of counselors that you can go to.
1: Mm.
2: And I basically, the one for child administration, I contacted her. And I, you know, you're meant to have like a 12 week session that like once a 12 week, but I said, I can I stretch this out? <laughs> I mm, was like, mm. I 12 weeks is not going to be enough for me. I think I went to her for about two years of mm. just walking through everything. And not only did she help me understand my behaviors and you know she told me to go and look at eight-year-olds because they say that when you've been through something traumatic, emotionally, you stay at that age. So I would—I was a big 20-year-old behaving like an eight-year-old, which crying randomly, mm. snapping at people, which makes total sense, as she would say to me, mm. go and look at eight-year-olds, go and see how young they are, go and see how innocent they are because at eight, I had a big thing. I, would ha- I had to grow up, really. Mm. I, you're not meant to know about sexual interactions at eight. You know? Mm-hmm. So um that's how I kind of started it that's how
0: I knew yeah that something needs to be Mm. wow yeah I mean that's just you know it's just I feel very emotional just hearing your story and that's just you've just given us a tip a little Mm. snippet into what you're going through have gone through and it is just so impactful it's unreal but I get I sense and I'm hearing so much strength that's coming from you in terms of self-awareness is so key when you're self-aware when you're not not only aware that something is not right but you're at that point where you can talk about it yeah. that's when you've really made a difference in your life because you can almost oh, you can sigh in and you can sight out at the same time whereas at one point it was just a lot of grieving in all the time and you just don't know what it is to where you can go yeah. so it is so Interesting, it's inspiring to hear your story, and I really do hope the listeners really take on board what you're saying. And even if it's just one person out there that can take something from this, that it's okay to not be okay, and it's okay for you to just break down. Because in order for you to break down, that's when you know how you're going to get back up and what you have to do. Do you know what I mean? And I think from
2: you know, when people say they hit rock bottom, I think that probably was my rock bottom. Mm. And I realised a lot of things about me, whereas I, my wardrobe was probably all black. There were a lot of things that I then realised, people say, you wear so much colour. And I'm like, yeah, now <laughs> I wear colour. But yeah. I realised that, that, and I have become a stronger person, definitely. And you get knocked back again. So again, my, my um, miscarriage, just it floored me. It mm. literally just told me, but it's a different type of trauma. Mm. And then when I went back, I had an advocate for counseling. Talk mm. let, let me talk to somebody because mm. then I, I went going crazy. And when mm. I went to counseling for that and she said, You you know that you've you've lost a child, you don't act like you it's a death, you had a death. And then I burst out crying and I said, mm. I have not been thinking about it because people say to you, It's fine, just try again, just get pregnant again. Mm. Like, it's easy, just get pregnant. Yeah. It's fine, I'm have another child. And I'm like, you, have you experienced mm-hmm.
0: this?
2: And mm-hmm. that, but then if you have, then what you're saying to me is really unfair. And if you have mm-hmm. not, please be quiet. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it, I got really angry at people that had miscarriages and then just got pregnant straight away and it wasn't happening for me.
0: Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened
2: me still, but mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. the next thing that I'm kind of working through as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely just being honest with my feelings. Just yep. if I'm really not in a good space, Absolutely. allow myself to not be in a good
0: space thank you thank you for sharing that Dana and, and Julie what about yourself what was the point where you thought hold on and uh, uh, I, again I need to sort me out what was it for you the turning point
1: um I think I've always yo-yoed between healing mm. like of things that had happened I lived in Thailand for a, a period when I was younger and mm. a lot of they're very much about well being and within. So I've yo-yoed, I think what really um sort of um propelled my journey so that I would really look at myself more deeply was the lockdown. Right. I think the lockdown I think where I'd yoed and I'd done bits and pieces and back and mm. forth and, I, and like Dana said I'm an advocate of counselling and speaking and stuff mm. um and having that safe space to be able mm. to express myself which is non-judgmental mm. but, um yeah I think where ever before the lockdown even though you might be dealing with stuff busyness life everything Mm. got in the way then all of a sudden we had to stop I had to be at home with my kids Mm. um you know I was working on myself anyway because um the summer before the lockdown um me and my the father of my children we had broken up Mm -hmm. um and we had finished and I I had a lot of guilt to deal with about Mm -hmm. making my kids into a stereotype of being like a single mother now with Mm -hmm. two kids even though their dad is active in their life Mm -hmm. um, and he only lives around the corner and not having Mm -hmm. that nuclear family unit Mm -hmm. um I had to deal with that and what does the future look like for them because I've got black boys as well Mm -hmm. um but yeah I think the lockdown just really made me have to say you know what? Mm-hmm. They, they. I know there's more. Mm-hmm. I now to need to really, rather than yo-yoing, I need to be consistent and do the work to get me to mm-hmm. the place mm-hmm. um, where I truly can look in the mirror and say, mm-hmm. I-, I love what I see there. I'm so happy with how you're dealing with things, how you're managing situations, mm-hmm. and really, that's where the amount, amount of growth came through as well. Mm-hmm.
0: So what, what was it? Sorry, Dana.
1: Yeah. Can I just say, like,
2: you know, like it's also sometimes people find that very scary because it's really really painful like Mm -hmm. being going through that you have to go through all the experiences you have to kind of relive it in order to grow from it and I had a friend who's very struggling to get to that stage and I I explained it's like walking over hot coals that Mm -hmm. but then the other side you're gonna look back and you're literally just going to be so proud and happy Mm -hmm. with how Mm -hmm. you've kind of overcome that and who you are now Mm -hmm. that you've kind of done that healing
0: the analogy you've given is spot on because the healing journey is like sitting on fire for a very long time and getting your ass burned for a very long time because you are reliving when I went to when I reported it to the police I had to relive the whole thing again and then I had to read what I've just written to make sure that what I've said happened is what happened and then so that was and then get home and then it's always a repetitive thing so it is a journey that hot coal is just so on point because you know and it's a long road that's that road for some might just be you know a couple of visits and what have you because everybody's I suppose threshold of pain and abandonment and hurt is different but it is so true you have to go through it all again and again and again talking about it again and again but once you keep on doing that you know that we're testament that we, you, you get there eventually, mm. you know, we'll get there eventually. So in terms of highlighting, so you found the point where you want to <clears throat> make that change. Something's not quite right. So what have you done? What resources, what things, activities, things have you done to help you navigate through your journey on he of
1: healing? I mean, I'm in therapy. Mm -hmm. I'm still in therapy now Um, Mm -hmm. and like Dana said I'm an advocate for it I think even to the point I probably could say oh yeah I don't really need it now but I I suppose even just stress at work like the Mm. last few months at work have been really stressful Mm. and then with the voluntary work I do uh, as a chair of a board just having that space because even she was like actually you do have a lot on and then we've had (laughs) some family issues just having that space to just talk about and really think um it gives me a moment to just really think at a higher level about mm. what I need to do to take care of myself in the situations I'm going through mm. um, because so all too often um especially I think when you have children you you put yourself second but I, I think one of the things for me is no I come first I love my mm. kids with all mm. my heart but if I'm not dealing with myself first then I can't do whatever so I will always be first in my life
0: Absolutely, hundred
1: percent. Um, this um, the hub that helped a lot, and the exercises and the growth we're doing, mm. reading, and just um, understanding like trauma. I'm a trauma champion in my workplace now. Mm. Um, where the service we're working towards becoming a trauma informed service as well. So you know, mm. thinking about when we deal with the clients that we deal with, when the staff are dealing with the clients, I think what Dana was saying understanding why they act a certain way is because we all bring our trauma to whatever that looks like we're all every interaction we have with people we're bringing trauma into that interaction
0: Mm. even if
1: it's like we missed the bus and we had to run halfway here and now Mm. we've got here and we've stressed out and you know Mm. that's a trauma in itself and then so Mm. you you know you might be a bit on edge we might not perform in the same way or speak in the same manner Mm. so uh, and I think um all of that has helped me and I can I can wholeheartedly say at this moment I look in the mirror and I'm like I'm so proud of everything that you've done I'm so you know I I will sit there and I'll give myself you know what you had an amazing day yesterday you know give yourself recognition Mm. yeah you you got up you got out and you you know you Mm. made it down the road you know and I think I think I just celebrate myself so much more and just them just those little things that we just take for granted and I think a lot of that comes through the experiences especially like I think like the death that really made me reevaluate and look at the preciousness of life. Mm.
0: Mm. Thank you, thank you, Julie. And Dana, yourself, what about yourself in terms of what you're doing to help you along your journey?
2: um Agree with Julie totally.
0: Mm-hmm. In
2: regards to if you put yourself first, you're then able to put other people to help mm. other people. Um, mm. And I look at it as being self-full. A lot mm. of people like to tell that you're being selfish mm. um, and I'm like no I'm being selfful. I've got I've got to give to myself um mm-hmm. my glass has to be full and whatever else you know is coming out of that glass I can then give to you but if my glass is three quarters full mm-hmm. I can't give you anything
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: if I've got to give you a quarter of my three quarters I'm leaving myself with half yeah I can't eat in myself so I very I'm very cognizant of making sure that what I'm doing is is putting myself first and make sure that I'm happy Mm -hmm. and I'm healthy you know Mm -hmm. not only healthy but emotionally healthy as well yes like you know emotional health is so important the mind is such a fragile thing that at any moment Mm -hmm. it can break it can snap Mm -hmm. if you are not really being honest with what you're going through Mm -hmm. so doing that yeah again that counselling. so I did my um my twelve weeks, but I spread it out over two and a half years. So I was like, mm. I'm gonna come here once a month or once every two months, so that mm-hmm. I can really work mm-hmm. through this. And if I, there were a couple of times I said, I need to go back. There's things that I need to kind of deal yeah. with, so I would go back. Um, give myself grace. Just be kind to me. Yeah. Um, I think it's so important that we we're, we're so hard on ourselves, especially when you've been through trauma. You kind of then make yourself, you blame yourself, or you you know, put, what did I do? What did I do? I'm like, no, it's not me, it's them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not me.
2: It's, mm-hmm. it's them. And I'm, I might have a part to play, but I'm not taking everything. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. Understanding what part you play in, in, you know, the negative aspects of your life. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you then end up to create, being the trauma, the person that causes yourself trauma. trauma yes. So knowing mm-hmm. and understanding that, and, I'm, you know, why am I doing this to myself? What yeah. has this come, you know, where and why has this come um, about? Yeah. so that's what I really do um
0: yeah.
2: and yeah and I just I am very what's the word mindful of peoples yeah especially especially if they're mean and horrible I'm just yeah. mindful of they could be going through something yeah because I know that when I was mean
0: and horrible yeah I was good that's yeah. that's so, you know what that's so true because the amount I I'm a victim of in the past. So... Just you know, deal with it, kind of thing. But mm. you know, um, it's true that you don't know what's going ho- going on behind their their door. So um, it's not the case of being accepting of their behavior, because if they're really pissing me off, then I'm going to tell them, look, I don't appreciate that. And what's interesting is, is I'm having to not having to, I'm going through parenting of showing uh, my teenager um, son and daughter that, you know, you don't have to accept certain ways that people are talking to you. You don't have to deal with their fists or not that they're fighters, but, you know, you don't have to deal with it physically, but you can actually say to somebody, I don't appreciate what you're saying but again it's even when I look at my daughter it's hard for her to deal with that to say to somebody I don't like what you just said so it's an ongoing learning process you know of, of mm. how how to handle other people and it, it takes a lot for you to get to a stage where you know what that's your energy. And that's how I deal with it. You know what? That's your energy. The amount of times I would take things personally, oh my God. And my insides is just mm. upside down. And all I'm doing is coming at home and saying, this person, da, 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 da. Mm. No, it was that was tiresome. So now mm. it's a case of, you know what, that's your energy. That's how you feel. I can't control that. And in fact, I still have to respect your opinion. But see, when I come out with that, that people will turn around and say, "Stop being so patronizing." Or I might turn around and say, "I respect what you're saying. You've got an opinion, mm. but that's your energy." Mm. They think I'm being a bit snobbish when, in fact, all I'm doing is not taking on your energy. You know? Yeah. So but
2: that's but- what they want. They want. They want to offload on you, and <laughs> yes. I, I'm not a garbage bin. Yeah. You can't be throwing your unwanted unwanted energy onto me. Absolutely. And, and they get very angry when you do not allow them to do that. Yes. so I'm like, like but I put very firm boundaries in place and sometimes I don't even have to do it verbally there was an altercation at work where someone was rude to me and I just stepped back
0: yeah so when yeah. he then came
2: to me he was like was I you know did I offend you I said yes you did <laughs> you did a b c d and e and when people do that to me I step back and he yes. was like, oh you all the way back yes because I'm not allowing I'm not going to be participating in your disrespect of me absolutely absolutely you
0: know? no I get that I- Absolutely. I think
1: when you protect your energy I think, think certain situations change as well and when you have your boundaries yeah. because I think even in that work situation that I've got um I had an interaction with that same person and it wasn't positive and I wrote them an email but it wasn't rude and I yeah. just said like I didn't appreciate x mm. y and z and then she she put a meeting in my calendar to meet with me and speak about it mm. and then we went to the meeting I was like okay and she's like, um. I, I just felt that i had that interaction with you because i felt that you were rude to me and i was like okay well i apologize you felt like that but that was not my intention yeah and that's what i had to tell you and then yeah it was like two seconds and i was like i don't understand the purpose of this meeting because i'm not sure yeah. what you're trying to get out of it mm-hmm. but you've taken the time so we've spoken i'm gonna go and carry on my day that's it And i felt like i don't know i think like in the past if you're used to people used to you acting a certain way and mm-hmm. expecting a certain mm. um, response, and you don't, they mm. don't get that. It sort of mm. changes the dynamics mm. of everything it as does. well
0: but I agree Dana says you just Mm.
1: you've got to be your own best friend and when we're being hard on ourselves yeah like if you help if you wouldn't speak to your best friend like that if they were going through something you'd be like oh there there you know you've got this all this positive all this love all these hugs Mm. that's how we've got to just be ourselves be to ourselves what we would do your imaginary friend is you
0: absolutely absolutely and um you know this ties in nicely to you know coming to the end of our session and um earlier on um Julie mentioned about being part of the hub the connection that all three of us have is that we um were members are members of Zenflexion Hub and lovely lady um called Renita who I'm going to be having on I'm going to be having on the podcast at some point and um we that's our connection and it's a wonderful place where we can really be authentic and be raw and everybody's on that journey and we um support each other so i appreciate getting to know you guys through inflection hub so thanks for that and just as we've got the last few minutes left of the session can you give our listeners a takeaway please that they can take away with them um and maybe use or think of to help them maybe understand start travel navigate through what they're going through one thing you could you could give our listeners Julie start with you
1: um I'd say listeners to remember that you are more than your trauma Mm. you are so much bigger and more than your trauma um and then if you need it get that professional help if Mm -hmm. you need it I think that's the most important thing especially Mm -hmm. in the black community Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: it's it's not that it's your business it must stay your business Mm -hmm. put yourself first like I've said you are your own best friend and if you need that professional help get mm-hmm. that so you be and when you do come through like um, what Dana was saying walk through those hot coals when you come mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. you know with so much sunshine so much tree, so much goodness the, the attractions and the things that will happen in your life mm-hmm. you know like you said that going through that you'll come out with a different purpose and a different viewpoint in life
0: so Thank I would you. always
1: say seek seek professional advice despite what the situation or what people may be saying to you.
0: Thank you. And Dana, a takeaway from you.
1: Yeah, my takeaway, ah. Oh,
2: so what I wanna say is I wouldn't be the person who I am if I didn't go through what I went through. Yeah. So when lots of, I speak to lots of people and they and they say, you know, oh, I'm really sorry for you. And I wish you never went through that. And I'm like, no, actually I, I am who I am because of that. So sometimes when you're going through trauma, it's it's actually there to shape and mold you and create you know a better version of you so sometimes there's there's purpose in trauma mm. that's really what I want to basically say but and look for the purpose look for the lesson and look for the growth in it the the the, the learning curve the lesson who I'm going to be now because of what I you know I went through then so that's mm. what I will do don't just be like why me but mm. just be like, what, am I, what am I going to learn from this and how am I going to grow from this
0: brilliant Lovely. And just to finally add for Dana, Dana has a Insta called Real Talk. Um, let's so... talk. Oh sorry. Let's it's talk. Fine. I apologize. Fine. My gosh. Fine. Let's yeah. talk. How, how how Sorry, Dana.
2: Should let's re- it should be real talk because it's all real.
0: <laughs> it is, it is all real. Trust me, it is. <laughs> it is. Would you like to a few seconds on what real let's talk is about?
2: Let's really talk. Now. Uh, let's talk um, is basically a space where I'm going to be, where I am speaking about my journey through um, childhood manifestation, my healing process. Um, it's kind of just about insights in my life and because lots of people say, oh, my God, you're such a strong person, what you've been through, but I really want to show you that the real ugly sides yeah. of it um and it's just about it's about transcending into um and you know bigger better person so the talk is an acronym for transcendence abundance love and knowledge so I think I've transcended from that I'm 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 abundantly growing and I'm blessing other people being blessed as a person as well um I've learned how to love myself Mm -hmm. and others through that and I've gained so much knowledge as well Mm, uh, through my 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 trauma and my healing process so I just want to share that and just have a space where people can talk about things that are difficult because I think there are lots of, especially child molestation and miscarriage it's so taboo and people don't speak about it enough so why Mm. be the change that I want to see yeah
0: lovely well thank you for sharing about let's talk thank you very much and this comes to a natural lovely beautiful end and i can just say thank you universe for allowing me to share this space with two wonderful ladies really appreciate you sharing your experiences with power of women and listeners remember look after your well-being if this triggers any emotion speak to your gp speak to somebody that you trust reach out to your local support networks and on the if you're listening on Spotify, Spotify, i always get it wrong there is a voice voice recording section where you can leave a message on how you're feeling and if there's anything that you want to talk about you can do on power of women and you can also look on insta let's talk as well so thank you ladies you have a beautiful day and it's been a pleasure thank you thank you thank you thank Thank you you very much No problem. Hi, so now you have heard the journey of five wonderful, beautiful, bold and brave women on how they have navigated through trauma. I would like to give massive thanks, spiritual hugs to Lou, Natalie, Iona, Dana and Julie. I applaud you For sharing your experiences. I know it's not easy. But we have all. In some shape or form. Stepped out of our comfort zone. And I am so grateful and blessed. That I have you in my tribe. I am so blessed. That we are sharing this journey together. And I am so blessed. That you agreed to be a guest. On my podcast. Listeners. If you feel very emotional after listening to this podcast, please look after your mental health and well-being. In the UK, we are going through Mental Health Awareness Week. So it's so, so important that we look after that. It's so, so important that we do not suffer in silence. It's so, so important that we speak our truth. Don't worry about what another person is going to say. Because what's important is you speaking your truth. You beginning your healing journey. Speak your truth. And you will reach, at some point, emotional freedom. And that point of emotional freedom will take however long it takes. So, one of the things that i um, you would have heard, you would have heard us mention that we were connected because we are all part of a hub called the Zenflexion Hub. And I'd like to share with my listeners that I will be interviewing the founder of Zenflexion Hub. So that's going to be my next podcast. So please listen out Have a look out on Insta for when, um, I start to promote it because it's going to be a really, really welcoming, warm self-love kind of session. So for now, I'd like to say thank you for listening. Get in touch either through my Insta power of women 22. Or through Spotify, Spotify, you know me by now, I can never remember how to say it. But there is a voice note at the bottom where you can leave a message and I can get back to you. Please speak your truth. Bye for now. Pow!